0: Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And this is the Hi-Fi Sci-Fi Podcast.
1: Uh, today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 20, The Arsenal of
0: Freedom. This is the weirdest, maybe lamest rescue mission uh, that I think Star Trek The Next Generation has embarked upon. But Is this a rescue it starts. Well, I, I guess it is. It starts as a rescue mission, yeah. But uh, maybe that's indicative of how confusing this episode is. So to help us sort it out, uh, Master Explainer slash Film Television uh, Guru Extraordinaire Pat Boberg is joining us again. Uh, thanks for being on the show, Pat. Uh,
2: that's a very lovely uh, introduction. I don't know if I'll be able to live up to it because most of my remarks are probably childish and <laughs> referring to uh, the, the silliness of this episode. <laughs>
1: then you'll I'm fit confused, right in. Are, are we here to rescue Patrick? I'm very confused.
2: Um, They're after the good ship lollipop.
0: <laughs> oh zing. The premise of this episode is yeah, the Enterprise is trying to rescue um, a starship that has gone missing um, But very quickly they find out that there's no starship to be seen and in fact there's a planet full of people who aren't there and um these people were arms dealers and you know as we come to find out were likely killed by their own creations um and it just kind of becomes this away team in jeopardy uh sort of an episode um but it's really really weird um
1: it's like there's an a b c d maybe e plot here
0: yeah because i mean supposedly we've got originally the rescue mission which is almost immediately abandoned We've got um, the away team down on the planet and their struggles, right? The their right There's two
1: though. Well, there's the first away team and then the second away team. Yeah,
0: yeah, right? yep. Yeah. Because they get separated, basically. Um, and then there's Jordy's command. And then Jordy's stress with his command on the ship, and then, um, then trying to bring it all together, I guess? Question mark. And then the sales pitch guy, right? There's the sales pitch guy.
1: Yeah, he might be a separate stream. Wow.
0: Because I mean, they're they're immediately are they almost immediately greeted by the the shady hollow salesman guy. Is that like don't when they... they come
2: upon the planet? Yeah, because they get their language
0: banks get scanned,
2: and uh, then he pops up speaking English.
0: Yep, yep. And I don't know where they found this guy who's the shady hollow salesman guy. The but... actor? Yeah. This is the this guy is the reason I, mean, I picked everywhere. this episode.
2: He's like a famous. Um, uh, character actor who died about, I think, ten years ago, but pr- probably best known for uh, um, Ghost. He's the guy who teaches Patrick Swayze how to lift a penny off the uh, subway floor.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> oh I've my god, seen... it is. I yeah,
2: Vincent Scialo or whatever. He's a uh, he was like actually like also a, a gourmand and ended up living out his days in Italy and having a cooking show. But either way, he was like a really well known character actor.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, because he he is that's probably the best way to describe him too, because. Those type of actors are always the like, who is that guy? I know that guy. (laughs) And I was doing that when I saw the shady hollow salesman. Okay. I'm glad you filled in the blanks on that one. See, we did pick the right guy for this episode.
2: Um, Yeah. yeah. He's also, if anyone wants to follow down that wormhole uh, in death to Smoochie, which is probably his best role because he says some of the most obscene and ridiculous lines (laughs) you could imagine. He's a former kids television star who uh, got addicted to black tar heroin. (laughs) (laughs)
0: He kind of has, um, I mean, I guess almost a little bit of heroin chic, right? Because he's got the dark circles under his his eyes a little bit. So I can see how he could maybe get cast that way. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's kind of a lanky guy. And uh, yeah,
2: okay. He's got like the the Robin Williams style delivery without the like warmth. It's more like, I want to get away from this guy at all times. I think that kind of comes across in this... This episode that's probably my favorite part of the show and it I'm, that's the only reason I'm glad that I re-saw the show because of uh, <laughs> Schiavelli because he he just fits the hologram uh, Style personality that he is
0: yeah, they basically said what if we took a used car salesman from the 20th and 21st century Put him in the future and made him sell giant guns um, <laughs> Which which was I think that's the part of the episode like right away I want to say that's the part of the episode that I think works the most um the scenes with him and where they're interacting with him um because that there's a few like really good moments where it's like this kind of fun house hall of mirrors where they're trying to figure out look how do we get off this ride like who is this guy like what's going on like we we don't want the guns you're selling and and i feel like he does a perfect job of just being that perfect salesman <laughs> like that perfectly programmed salesman who's like well, you may not be interested in this, but what about this? And then the thing shows up and starts antagonizing slash almost killing people. Yeah. Uh, This sort of suffers
1: the same problem that I had with um, Home Soil a few episodes ago, that while this might have been a new idea in the 80s or or at least a fresh enough idea that it would have been um, suspenseful, Uh it, it felt very old to me as a trope by no fault of its own again, which is hard to um, really get around with some of these. It's like, well, okay, I could see that there, this might have been creative, but... It's like, well, yeah, this is a weapons dealer planet, and this guy just wants you to buy something. Just tell him you're gonna buy it. Like, yeah, you know, all your problems are gone.
2: That like, seemed to be the thing uh, from the moment you could tell that that's what was going on. It was like, well, obviously, we know how this is going to end. Yeah, <laughs> but so, uh, I I will say it's also a very thin veiled Cold War jab, like uh, you know, oh, yeah. nuclear arsenal buildup. Where it's yeah. like uh, this is the fate of the earth if people just keep building these nukes, we're yeah. gonna end up like uh, this crazy planet with holograms that get murdered by our own, uh, you know, amazing weapons.
0: And and the part of the episode that I like immediately didn't buy was sort of that assertion that, um, that the entire planet of people was wiped out by these weapons. And I think the reason that I wasn't like like completely sold by it is those things look turbo lame. Like, I get that they're supposed to be powerful, (laughs) but they look super lame. They're not powerful until they, like, go
1: through a few iterations. Yeah, It's like, oh, they're getting better every time. It's like, you know, Doomsday, Death of Superman. It's that whole idea of evolution of a weapon, Mm -hmm. um, which itself is not an old trope in 1989, and it it is once you've lived kind of through that maybe, but it, it just feels like, oh, so this first tier thing was the thing that wiped out your planet? Like, you didn't
0: go through any other builds? Like, you didn't get to the cool one yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. the parts that I didn't get was like, did it just reset for the sales pitch? Like, because, or, yeah, were they just so bad at defending their own planet that the Mark 1, like, <laughs> like little wind-up toy killed everybody? Like, I, I mean, I, I could mm. see what they were trying to do, but, like, through the whole thing, I'm just like, maybe, it, you know, some of it was the visuals and some of it, yeah, Paul, what you just pointed out. Like, I'm just like, I don't buy that these people were all killed by this thing. Like just, it also
2: suffers yeah. from a bit of like a Pacific Rim stupidity, where in that movie these aliens are coming through the ocean floor. It's like, why don't we just hang out at the ocean floor and build a base there and kill them immediately? It's right. like if this thing starts killing, let's say a thousand people, you're like, oh my gosh, a thousand people have been murdered. Why don't they blow up the factory? There's a whole right. bunch of just silliness in this story that doesn't make any sense, and that's not even getting a lot of puddles. To the yeah. starship that is, you know, cloaking and attacking and teleporting itself all over the place. That that part was bonkers as well.
0: Yeah, and they do. They they do. Um, I think the thing that does this episode the biggest disservice is they don't. They don't. I don't think they spend enough time with how it actually like works to really effectively sell the idea. Because it, for a long time, I got the impression that it was just this crappy like remote thing that was flying around, and then eventually they uncase that like. That giant laser gun, you know, and they're like, "Oh, melted titanium. This must be super powerful." And like, really, what they're talking about is not a weapon, a singular weapon, which is kind of what they keep referring to. They're 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 talking about a comprehensive like war platform, like an automated war platform. Yeah, which is a cooler idea had they just really like sold it. But I just I feel like it it took too long to get there. And by the end, well, of the oh, day, and yeah,
1: would the idea be that you drop this whole? Platform on another planet. So yeah, let's, I don't know. let's imagine. <laughs> let's imagine that Picard follows through on this, right? And it's like, oh, the Romulans—they're really being jerks, yeah. right? Let us just say that they want to use these weapons against the Romulans. He's like, oh, I bu- I'll buy those Mark Threes, and then the Romulans are like, yeah, well, we got this stuff, uh, and they kill a bunch of them. Do they get the box that makes them evolve, or do they just get the Mark Three?
0: Right. Yeah. Or, or is that an optional upgrade pack? Like,
1: yeah. And if if that's the case, do they fire like? a room size factory at Romulus <laughs> and then just let that play out. Like might the Romulans figure out they just have to nuke the factory. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you really jumping at in this episode. There's a lot of good character stuff with Jordy in there too, but yeah, this, well, uh, yeah you're right. It's another it's thing I don't,
2: weird. I don't totally buy is the reaction of the people on the surface to what they're encountering. I mean, never mind that the set is ridiculous, but like oh, Rikers, I love this set.
1: Uh, take that back. The set is amazing. No, it's okay, not. it's
2: it's it's amazing in its timepiece. But if they made this show today and someone put that set on television, <laughs> the show would immediately be canceled.
0: Yeah, i uh, there, you know. If I had like a
1: that planet theme department, I'd live in it.
0: I want to call like, this out right now. You know what that planet reminded me of? It reminded me so much. The original of, series. No, 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 not even that. Although yes, I can see that. But if you guys remember in Tim Burton's Batman, when uh, the Joker has the commercial about all of his Joker brand products and he's standing on a quote unquote beach, which is clearly (laughs) a television set. Like, it reminded me so much of that. I'm like, oh, my God. It's like suddenly the, you know, this guy's going to be talking about Joker brand stuff. That
1: luscious tan, those ruby lips and hair color so natural. Only your Undertaker knows for sure. (laughs) Just just reuse that shot, maybe. Right time frame.
0: Yeah. yeah, They (laughs) love it. They're just like, well, we already got this set, so shoot it. Just go. Yeah.
2: That's fantastic. But (laughs) uh, I wanted to say that, like, okay, so they go down there, and Riker gets encased in this impenetrable shield. Hmm. And uh, uh, from that moment after he finally gets out of it on, he is like the lamest, weakest version, scaredy cat, give up version of Riker. That has ever existed. Yeah. Like, uh, he goes from being Mr. Bravado and, you know, uh, the guy last time we were talking, you know, the guy who seduces a hologram with his trombone (laughs) to being the guy who's like, we should just give up and die or keep running. It's like, I think Riker in this situation would never give up.
0: No, no. Um,
1: And he has a lot, like, he has that really weird conversation with his hologram buddy that feels like a combination of the worst um, I'm just going to say synergy between a writer, a director and an actor where like the writer must have had some idea of what they were doing or maybe they didn't and the director must have like read it and totally got it wrong or Jonathan Franks must have like read it and been like "I man I don't know what they're trying to have me say but that whole scene reads like garbage yeah <laughs> Yeah. Because yeah. one second it's like, oh wow, he's super close to figuring out. And then the next second it's like, No, he really thinks he's talking to his friend. And then the next second he's saying, like, your mother or the starship lollipop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just sprinkled in. It's like three different conversations just in in parallel that are really weird and really disjointed. Yeah. And it doesn't sell the fact that he knows what he's talking about.
2: And Tasha Yar is even stupider. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, oh man, Riker really is, uh, you know, what's going on,
0: Riker? Who is this guy? It's clear that it's not the captain of the USS Drake, which is who he's pretending to be. Data comes by and
2: he's like, yep,
0: nothing
1: alive here, guys. (laughs) Move along. Yep. It's like, oh. And he keeps talking after that, if I'm not mistaken.
0: What, what's going on is, I mean, what I got from that was he was basically trying to, like, pump or prime the the hologram that he was talking to for information or trying to, like, you know, kind of outfox it a little bit. But it's the dumbest way to try to outfox an enemy that I've ever seen, because it just came off, like, confusing and weird. It was well, the During even test. Late he was, into it. Yeah, uh, Even late, it was.
1: after yeah. he starts saying weird stuff, he gives the feeling that he still believes it might be his friend.
0: Well, I mean I think what he was trying to do is more play along, so that the hologram didn't deduce that he had figured it out, right? You Riker apologist. I am a Riker apologist. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. say that it's ham fisted. It's pretty ham fisted, yeah. I, I mean it's just it's turbo weird and turbo awkward, and a lot of <laughs> this episode is and and <sighs> What's funny is like, we're talking about all this stuff where it's like, that seems strange, that seems strange, and, and uh, you know, there was the literal call-out to the actor and director and writer synergy. It may not surprise anyone to know that this episode was actually an episode that was um, in such creative turmoil and going through such massive last-minute rewrites, that <laughs> say. that it was one of the only shooting scripts that they actually had to shut down production because they literally had no script what? to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. This is from director Les Landau, who's actually uh, um, he has done a lot of TNG episodes. Uh, He says the episode was in creative turmoil and going through uh, a lot of rewrites in five years that was the only time the company had to shut down because there was no shooting script to be shot. I was familiar with the sets, cast, and crew so although the script was late in appearing I had all the knowledge and background to go ahead and do my job. Uh, Blah blah blah. He's kind of complimentary but basically he's tipping his hat that when we were shooting this thing it was they were literally handing us pages you know <laughs> <laughs> and okay. it comes off that James way
1: Frank, say this now say your mother <laughs> say it again your mother <laughs> say your mother your mother I, oh. mean, I mean by now you have to go. I mean, it, the listener will have known that you were by, you have to have dubbed that in by now. <laughs> so we've probably heard that a few times. Your mother.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting thing the to, <laughs> from Landau because uh, it definitely shows in just the quality also of the acting and the portrayals of each thing. Like Chief Engineer Logan is uh, the most bizarre character I think I've ever oh, seen on the show. Yes. In like. And uh, it just doesn't make any sense Like almost uh, He must have been a soap opera actor They just got the last second Like what if we introduce this guy Mm -hmm. Because it's so painful
1: Yeah I mean You know who he reminds me He reminds
0: me of the guy that Wes Runs into in the hallway in Coming of Age the like <laughs> the guy who the guy who you're supposed to insult because that's how they're yeah, yeah exactly. with each other yeah exactly except this guy is just some random human and he's just a jerk he's just a yeah
1: jerk. jordy's like get back to engineering buddy
0: okay so let's talk about that scene too because I, I do think one of the other fun parts about this episode is jordy being in command but it is it's really like hampered a lot by this logan character um mm-hmm. Because Jordy does basically say while he's in command, and Logan is basically telling him, "You're wrong. You're bad. Everything you're doing is bad. Stop it." Um, you know he, You're bad, and you should feel bad. <laughs> yeah, he tells him to get back to his post. He basically issues him a direct order. And if I'm not mistaken, Logan just kind of continues to stand there being a jerk like for a while.
2: And just like staring awkwardly, like doing the furrowed brow. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing, so I'm just going to not do anything that you tell me to do. <laughs>
0: well
1: and this is part of the problem of it being four or five stories going on because i don't remember this at all from the times i've watched this episode in the past i remember the stupid little flying things that shoot stuff yeah that's about it yeah like i do not remember this logan Jordy stuff even though the geordie stuff is really pretty nice Mm -hmm. and and the Jordy wharf stuff um and realistically data is pretty good in here um even though you, a lot of the good data moments have been with Jordy, and they're they're explicitly separated, and they both have good moments, um, but it's just so secondary and tertiary to this other series of plot lines.
0: Yeah, the, that the don't just, go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. That kind of fall flat on their face. So. Um, you know the 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 thing that is nice is this is actually the only the second time that we ever see geordie in command and i think it's actually the last because in season two he's going to make his move to engineering and is just not going to be a part of the command staff anymore so he's not going to be really provided the opportunity to to be in command which is which is kind of a shame because it is kind of fun to see him um be in command of a ship um. Well, this
2: was the incident that caused it. Obviously, You're like, <laughs> oh man, yeah,
0: never put him in there. That
2: there, this, you know, even though I could recognize how bad this episode was, there was the cliffhanger go to commercial break where it's like, is Jordy gonna give the ship over to Logan? Let's go to commercial, and then they come back and they separate the ship. But uh, it it was his like panic or whatever that he kept every time he was gonna. You know, he's talking to Logan and trying to come up with a reason why he shouldn't give over command. Just be like, No, get the hell out of my freaking uh you know,
0: bridge. Yeah. Or you know what, go to the brig. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I yeah, mean really, I really I kinda kept waiting for that to happen, for him to call Teleport up. him to the brig. <laughs> exactly.
1: Speaking of teleporting, there's um I, I have a lot of notes here and I'm trying to remember what I, I meant by all of them, but um the first time they encountered these things, they don't have shields yet. It's like, well, why don't they just teleport him like into space? Right. Like like, they and and that's indicative of a lot of things they don't do in this episode, where it's like, oh, why don't they do this thing? I'm like, well, they don't. Yeah, yeah. That's your answer.
0: And I think what we've uncovered is you can kind of tell the poorly written or the chaotic episodes from the ones that show some promise, even in season one. Um, because there's just kind of those obvious flaws in logic, where they just react to situations, but don't stop and think about them for, you know, even a second. Um, And and I think that's largely what what the problem is with all of the stuff with the away team. Um, It just never seems to really gel.
1: And like I said, there's there's away team A, and there's away team B, and they both have really different um, things going on. And they both do weird things in those plot lines.
0: Well, and I want to talk about, you know, what basically winds up being away team B, because that's where, uh, you know, Picard shows up and he and Dr. Crusher, you know, oh, there's something, an earthquake or something. And then they fall down a giant hole. And another part of the episode becomes the, you know, they're separated from the main away team and, you know, can't be rescued. And Dr. Crusher is pretty seriously hurt.
2: And she's well, crushed her leg.
0: T- she crushed her leg <laughs> crushed it um, and it's a great
1: trope and it, it, I had trouble separating this from oh I've seen this feels like a mashup of a lot of really good sci-fi tropes because I already mentioned like the doomsday um, death of superman um, that's a big trope here um, but later, right? This is before that. Yeah. Um, there's a, a, a much better Stargate episode where um, two characters get trapped somewhere and the whole episode is spent them, like one trying to care for the other one that is gravely injured. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a much better take on it, but it's after this. Um, and there's a lot of other stuff here that goes on with all these plot lines. I mean, we'd be remiss not to talk about Magathia, uh Hitchhiker's Guide, the <laughs> whole idea of a abandoned planet mm-hmm. uh, and salespeople. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is earlier than this. So, you know, they they are possibly riffing off that. But there's so many of these tropes that it gets hard to um, kind of think this is anything but a mashup episode of a lot of these different ideas. And
0: it almost comes off like you go to see a band and instead of playing some, you know, some of their songs, they just wind up being a cover band for the night. Like it's 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 the sci fi mixtape approach to a plot there's not anything that's really, like, cohesive and original out of it. It's just, here's an idea, here's an idea, here's yeah. an idea.
1: <laughs> and and there's a lot of good seeds of ideas. They just didn't give them a whole episode to germinate, right? The the, the Picard and Beverly trapped in a cave, Beverly injured, could have filled an episode. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it does later. I mentioned, go watch that Stargate episode. It's a good episode. Um, but they toss it in as a maybe c story like Mm -hmm. are we gonna say that that's the c story (laughs) well it's not the b story
0: and, and to to speak to that point i'm really glad you kind of brought this up about the picard and uh crusher stuff um because in doing some some kind of background into this episode one of the other reasons i think why this episode was so heavily rewritten and and just had you know massive issues getting it shot Was the person who wrote the story treatment for this, Robert Lewin, had originally meant for this episode to develop the implied romantic relationship between uh, the captain and Dr. Crusher. Um, It was shot down by Gene... Um, and actually the guy who mm. wrote this story was off the show pretty quickly. And you know there's some debate on whether or not it was because he was frustrated with what happened here in the script. and he had this idea for a romance that, you know, that Roddenberry was like, nope, we're not gonna do it. But also this is where the new showrunner Maurice Hurley came in, uh, and he heavily adapted and rewrote this this teleplay. So so basically right there, the whole reason for getting Picard and Crusher together in this cavern, basically evaporated, but the scene remained. And so you can basically kind of uh-huh. tell that it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't really do anything important other than just have them have some scenes together, but there's no th- it's, it doesn't become central to the story, really. It only really does, I guess, at the end. Um, so would Gene Jean- shoot
2: it down because of the whole uh, Captain Kirk being like Lothario, the stars that they don't want um, They don't. they want Picard to be something else? Or is it because the Um, The whole Kirk O'Hara kiss or whatever was just so stupid that uh, people don't want he just didn't want that to happen again Or what's the what do you think? Why do you think he would shoot that down?
0: Well, so here's my here's my take on it Here's my theory Um, Like at this point in his life Gene Roddenberry was by most people's accounts Kind of George Lucas like, you know, we've had some conversations about this where um he became kind of obsessed with creative control and uh, control over his vision and he also kind of started to buy into a lot of his own press and i think he had this vision of like people in the 24th century and you know these are perfect people these are humans as they should be this is this is a show that's talking about you know people who are evolved past you know petty sensibilities It's also utopia and the stars. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And it's also why a lot of the first season is really, really, really bland (laughs) because there's just, you know, the those conflicts and differences of opinion can still be handled civilly, but that's what drives drama, you know? And I think, I think a lot of that was an extension of that. That's just, you know, my take on it, but it's it's clearly, you know, one of the, one of the many reasons why this episode is just so scattered and just doesn't work.
1: Well, I was going to say, speaking of the bridge crew, it is, um, Actually, almost kind of jarring to have Troy around.
0: Yeah. The note that I really Yeah. Like. yeah. It,
1: it, she has been out of so many episodes at this point um, that I don't think I ever picked up in Syndication because you get a, uh, a, a greater depth of later season episodes where she's there more frequently, but she is there so infrequently in these early episodes that mm-hmm. to have her there mm-hmm. feels mm-hmm.
2: weird. And she's kind of just point. a wet blanket at all turns. Yeah. Uh, you know you know raining all over uh picard and then getting upset with geordie and just sitting there like giving the once again just to use this because it feels so much like an episode like a soap opera but she gives a soap opera looks at geordie like what's he gonna do Mm -hmm. and it's it's just really she's never been considered a good actress and i think this is maybe one of the you know keystone
0: examples of why yeah yeah, the, I mean, she does have one scene which is quasi, like, at least true to what her character's supposed to be, but even that I don't think works really well. When he's when she talking. She talks about Jordy. Yeah. yeah, when she's talking to him when he's in. Uh, I think he's in the captain's ready room. And, you know, it's basically like the. They draw strength from you. You need to be strong. You know, I mean, like, it's basically just that, like, because he's got two. I think they're ensigns or maybe junior grade lieutenants, but two, you know, young kids at the helm because all the senior bridge crew is down on the planet for some reason. Um, we just
1: need to dramatically read one of these episodes, and you're going to play Troy, and <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. I'll play every other character just so you can play <laughs> Troy in one of these episodes. We'll do Haven. How about that? We'll do Haven.
0: Nice, nice. I, I, I have had a chance. <laughs> I'll play Luxquana. That's fair. You get oh a man, Troy. weird. <laughs> we need to get some sort of funding, like goals, started. <laughs> and if we hit our Patreon oh, goal, yeah, or something, that's a stretch
1: goal by far. Yeah, that's a stretch goal right there.
0: uh Oh man!
2: If this show is actually like a real um, business or something, I got to imagine that uh, the people on the bridge are the executives, and they oh. would send middle management down to every planet. They'd be like, "Yeah, go send you know Group Thirty Two down there this yeah. time. It's their turn." You'd never see the people on the bridge. They'd just be sitting up there talking about you know big strokes. But of course, it's a television show, and the stars are the main people in charge, so they always have to go. But it, it does make for just silliness when you have. Five main characters down on the On the, <laughs> the yeah. floor of uh, The planet and everyone on the ship is kind of You know tossing about like uh, <laughs> What happened to the people in command <laughs> oh wait Let's separate the ship for the second time this season Because that's you know a cool thing to do
0: Fun fact yeah, we we that, that scene by The way where they do separate the ship um, There is not a single piece of Original uh, filming there it is Completely uh, cut and pasted and And recompiled from uh, The pilot where they do the the Saucer separation so
1: yeah, I feel like the saucer separation is kind of overrated.
2: But yeah, it's super lame in my opinion. Anytime yeah. it ever happens, like, this does not raise any stakes. It's just <laughs> it's just slowing things down. I can never remember which part of the ship is better.
0: It's uh, the, the star drive section is uh, supposed to be vastly superior. Uh, well, that's where the photons come from, right? That's where the torpedoes are stored, and that's where the warp core is, so it has all the power, and the uh, the saucer is yeah, basically don't like faces the, come the top though? Well, they have the, yeah, they have the, the top and bottom, like, phaser what strips. Deflector
1: shield is, because deflector shielding solves, like, 90% of problems.
0: No, I mean, basically, like, the, the saucer section is basically just where all the crew quarters and, like, sensor panels and stuff are, and there's a couple of phasers on it, but, like, the star drive section is supposed to be... I'm I'm a huge nerd, but that's it's where the, all that... Because it's got the rear and the forward photon torpedo launchers, it's got redundant phasers shuttle all bay. over it. It's got the shuttle bay. Shuttle bay. Yeah. I guess the big saucer has the main shuttle bay, but then the the Star Drive section has like two extra ones.
2: But when they're separated, they both look so lame. I mean, when they're together, it's, it's the Enterprise. <laughs> yep. But when they're separated, it's like, uh, man, that warp drive or the whatever the, the back end's called um, is just looks stupid. And, of course, the saucer section just looks like a big dumb disc in space. Well, yeah. So
1: this, there, yeah. is this this is the episode, I'm not going to get this wrong, that that at the end, like, Geordi says, oh, you could have the ship back. And Picard says, like, I give yeah. it to you in one piece, like, give it to me in one piece, basically. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah.
0: Mhm. I thought well, that I gave was, it, a you was it was all together.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it basically, I don't know, it felt like partly Picard was saying, well, you know, have a little more fun at command, but partly like, mm, I wouldn't have separated the ship. Like that's kind of a, a newbie <laughs> mistake of well, you know, you're you're playing on an emulator and you know, putting in that save game in case you screw up, you know. Yeah. That's basically the feel of it that eh, you know, I would have probably would have brought the whole ship in, but yeah. Giving my shit back.
0: It's kind of um, yeah, it, it is like the I guess we can kind of mention this a little bit, like the, the whole idea of the saucer separation, I think is actually sort of a little bit of fan service, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, It's an
1: E-plot probably Are we down to (laughs) E-plot?
0: Probably But I mean I'm not talking specifically about this episode I'm talking about the fact that this version Of the Enterprise has this capability Because um, When like between the period Of time when the original series was on the air And then like right before Next Generation launched um, You know there was uh, There were the motion pictures that they put out but even Before that there was the whole concept of like Star Trek Phase 2 and the idea of there might Have been a series before this one and like you know, some of that stuff didn't work out. Some of it did. But what eventually leaked out was the idea that it was an idea that never came to fruition on screen before. But but one of the designers for the original Enterprise had come up with this idea of being able to separate the two parts of the ship. Um, and it was largely like for you know emergency purposes. Like it was never designed to be like, no, we have two ships instead of one. It was just like something's going to blow up, so we have to use this part as a lifeboat. Um, And I think that was kind of an idea that the fans really liked and so I think that's probably why that like wound up here Um, Honey get in here. They're separating the ship (laughs) quick. It's happening You know, yeah, yeah the fact that somebody might get very, very jazzed about that. Uh, well, I mean, I guess when I was a kid, I, I probably thought that was pretty cool. I mean, you know? Is separating I knew... a ship the
2: equivalent of uh, the dragons on Game of Thrones? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: almost.
1: <laughs> if I knew some ship nerds, I could just ask them, like, you know, if that's cool or not. But I don't know that I know any ship nerds, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's totally cool. It's totally cool. Yeah. Um, uh... So I mean, other stuff in this episode. I mean, that's that's most of my notes. I, I did want to talk about um, oh, the con- the conclusion with the shady hollow salesman because I thought it was the one thing I thought was really nice was just the fact that like we'll buy it finally shut him up and make him made him go away. <laughs> well, and it doesn't make the thing in space go away though, which is a little trickier.
1: Um, True. Um, right. True. Yeah. Yes. Though I like Jordy's. Solution, right? It's a really elegant solution that, like, you have this cloaked thing, and if you like take the ship into the atm- atmosphere and it follows you, you're going to be able to see where it is, right? It's it's going to be creating friction with the atmosphere. and It's going to be creating a flare up, and like you just shoot there. Yep. Um. It's a really elegant solution to that problem, um, and it gets lost. It gets completely lost in this just tons of other plots episode
0: well that's probably the smartest thing that happened in this episode
1: (laughs) yeah it is it's a great solution I wish it had been in a standalone episode where they actually struggled with a problem for a while before they came up with that solution Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and on the other end is the stupid how are we going to trap this super smart laser thing on the surface we're just going to fire one place it'll dodge and and we'll fire the other way that has uh, to be
0: the slowest like phaser fight Mm -hmm. that has ever been filmed 100%. one hundred. I have written
1: down in my notes: "Don't cross the streams."
0: <laughs> very close. Yeah, very, very similar. Yep. Yeah. Uh,
1: I also have written down: "Haunted planet is haunted," which I'm not exactly sure what that means, but you know, <laughs> leave that to the listeners.
0: I guess let that plant that seed there and see what's uh, going on. A um, couple of notes of trivia that I have here: uh, Will Wheaton, Wesley Crusher, not appearing in this episode at all. Um, the guy. Good job good yep. job Wes good job Wes <laughs> stay stay away <laughs> um the guy who played the captain of the drake uh is named marco rodriguez and i also had a like where do i know that guy from he shows up again as a cardassian in the next generation episode the wounded uh he plays glintel uh one of the one of the um cardassian dudes uh aides, basically um the hmm. this episode f- marks the first appearance of a gentleman named John Nowak, who no one should really know, but he's Patrick Stewart's stunt double, uh, and he would remain uh, Patrick's stunt double through most of the show. He was actually in twenty more episodes of uh, Star Trek and um, Star Trek Generations, First Contact, and Insurrection. Wasn't
1: um, he in a one one zero zero one zero zero one? Did he just had a beard? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. No, no uh, that no. was yet another guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, this episode marks the third appearance of one of the Enterprise D's quote-unquote chief engineers, the aforementioned Logan, who's a total jerk. Uh, before that, we had Sarah McDougall, uh, who is in The Naked Now, mm-hmm. and... Um, Lieutenant Commander Argyle, who is in where no man has gone before, and data lore, sort of, kind of underlining, exclamating, slash, bolding, you know, whatever the fact that hey, we should probably have a chief engineer on this ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know that's why Jordy's gonna make his move. Um, this was kind of fun footage of uh, of Jonathan Frakes from this episode in a scene with it's Rice, uh, Captain Rice or Commander Rice. Um, Footage of him interacting with the other captain is actually later used in the series finale, um, all good things, um, so that he could appear younger and beardless. They used that Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. And there's actually there's a there's a scene where Picard is in the past supposedly communicating with Commander Riker. He's talking to him. Uh, he's got one of those like whatever they call their versions of laptops, like open on his desk. And he's just, like, video conferencing with him, and it's footage from this episode that they're using. Um, And then the... What else did I have? One other thing here. Oh, the miniature of the Echo Papa 607, which is that dumb-looking drone thing, um, (laughs) was built by visual effects uh, supervisor Dan Curry. He used an old Legs pantyhose container and a discarded shampoo bottle uh, to put it together. (laughs) <laughs> Excellent.
1: Now that is some 80s engineering. Good,
2: po- <laughs> good prop making.
0: Yeah, that's amazing prop making.
2: They must have run out of money or something. Oh, yeah. This whole first season seems like uh, they've they've got empty pockets a lot of times. Yep.
0: The, yeah. The uh season gosh, 2 will be the wow. quest for more money. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Oh, man. Um so I guess unless anybody else has anything else, uh seems like Boy, a good time. I have a few Yeah, I got two kind of nitpicky things.
1: I nitpicked a bunch of things. uh few episodes ago. Uh-huh. I got a kind of nitpicky thing. Uh-huh. So um, one of them at the end, so it's at the end and this is a quick one, but they blow up the probe in the um, star drive section. Right. And they're all like, yay. But when it explodes, the uh, I no I, I'm going to assume she's an ensign, the, whoever has the, the comma, I believe um, they like zoom in on her and like she gets a wind in her face from the explosion. <laughs> I missed that. That happened in space, outside <laughs> the ship? <laughs> I also missed yeah, that. Boy, go back to it, because like, her hair blows back. It's like they Whoosh. put a fan on her. They'd be like, oh, an explosion
0: happened outside, in space,
1: <laughs> on the other side of this uh, wall
0: that protects you from space. Oh, dear. Well, I suppose now that we've picked the ultimate nits, uh, it sounds like <laughs> it is now time. For, uh, there was
1: nothing. There was nothing about
0: the ships you want to nitpick, Burns. Yeah. <laughs> oh, in a better episode, maybe, but not this one. No. Um, <laughs> well, so yeah, let's get to uh, let's get to the bests and worsts, and um, I think we're doing these now kind of all rapid fire. So uh, let's start with our worsts, and then we'll come back around to our best. So we'll go. Um, I guess uh, Pat, we'll start with you. What was your what was your worst in this episode?
2: Chief Logan without question. I think uh, <laughs> that, that just seemed like utter nonsense and stalling because they didn't know what else to do.
0: In my notes, and I'm going to go ahead and just go ahead and piggyback right on that, I have worst, in all caps, Chief Engineer Logan, period, and then after it, <laughs> God damn it, period. Wow. <laughs> it's
2: like a cast off from a bad horror movie from the late 70s. when uh, It's just so dumb.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. my... I guess my worst kind of plays off that but in the opposite direction because I mean you just said like oh they're trying to kill time but the problem here is that they're not right they have way too many plots in here my worst is that they have like six plots Mm -hmm. and this could have at least been two episodes maybe three yeah there's no focus Um, and they just tried to they had a bunch of writers writing different ideas and they're like, eh, that's only 20 minutes tossing in this one. This yeah. is the Garbage Pile episode that like, got a whole bunch of half scripts.
2: <laughs> yeah, and uh, if they're writing it on the fly that tends to happen where someone's like, and what if this character falls and breaks their leg? Well then this character has to do this. Yep. And then, and so instead then they... of
1: thinking, oh that's a good idea let's flesh it out over 40 minutes they said, oh yeah, it'll just happen and, and we needed to kill 10 minutes
0: anyway, so whatever. Yep. Yep. So now let's try to be complimentary. Uh, best and and Pat, we'll start with you. that was quick. Yeah.
2: Uh, best, I I think I already said it was the peddler. Uh, he's known in the credits, the uh, Vincent uh, Schiavelli. Yeah. Uh, he's just I just love that guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paul,
2: my best um, doesn't. Don't say Chief is, Logan. No, 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 don't,
1: no, yeah, don't please. Um, please doesn't exist at the moment, but I'm going to make a request, Burns, for you to piece it together with audio. <laughs> of,
0: okay.
1: Of of um Riker's ghost friend saying, What's the armament on the lollipop? And then Riker responding, Your mother
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> And now you should just insert that right about here. what's
0: the armament on the lollipop your mother
1: and that's the best thing in the episode
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't think my best is going to come anywhere near that uh but i'll go ahead and just throw it out there i i do think that even though the scene doesn't work i think uh picard and beverly actually have a little bit of chemistry here um and the one takeaway from this episode is it does lend credibility down the line when they sort of do become Romantically involved. Um, because I think, even though the scene ultimately didn't go that direction, I feel like you can sense that the characters have a genuine affection for one another. Um, yeah. And it's two pretty good, I mean, two um, pretty good actors. Jeez, I'm talking about Sir Pat Stew here. Uh, but, you know, I mean, two very good actors um, just kind of embracing the character like notes in a garbage pile script. Like it's, it's, so it's kind of really, (laughs) it's, it's admirable in a way. And, and that probably goes back to what
1: I said about the, the writing, directing, um, acting gap before that Riker fell into that Patrick Stewart and, and Gates McKenna probably picked up on it and was like, yeah, or or even just that, that whole idea. They're like, yeah, we should probably have some undertones here. Yeah. And just didn't, they read deeper into the script, um, to their credit. Yeah. Um, Whereas Riker really couldn't read deeper into the lines he was given in that one scene.
2: It's so. in That's the best t- part about playing Data too. Data is that uh, you know he he never has to worry about <laughs> subtext.
0: No, he's just a robot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah, we forgot Data. Data actually has some good stuff in here, but it's all overshadowed. It's shadowed, right? It's like a C-plot. Yeah, it just
0: it's gets just,
1: lost. It's really hard to remember what Data did because it's so buried. Yeah. Um and it's stuff with like, oh, Riker's like, you can't or I think it's you maybe it's like you can't jump down there, it's like ten meters. And he's like, It's eleven, and I'm a robot. And he does. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's fun. <laughs> um so there's fun stuff that data does, but it's just lost. It's it's lost.
0: Yeah, I think we've been telegraphing this, but I'm I'm gonna go ahead and ask uh so, um, are we adding this to our suggested watch list for newbies, or is this uh sci fi? You know, hardcore TNG fans only. Um, what do we think, Pat? Thumbs up? Thumbs down?
2: Thumbs yeah. down. But it almost is mandatory viewing for people who want to know how bad it can get.
0: <laughs> That's good. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Paul?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm torn, and I didn't know what I was going to say at the beginning, but it I think it's got to be a skip. Yeah. It's just too messy. There, there. I wish this was four different episodes that I could say watch all of them but it's not it's four quarters of plots uh, mashed together yep
0: now it's a hard pass for me too. Uh, big thumbs down although I, I do like your note pat about uh if you want to see just how how messy an episode can get i don't think it gets much messier than this there may there might be like objectively worse episodes um but this one is just about as as cobbled together and Frankenstein as it gets it's, mm. it's pretty rough pretty rough. But it was a fun conversation as they always are, so uh, gentlemen, uh, thank you very much, and and Pat, specifically to you, uh, thank you, and on your way out, would you like to uh, plug, 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 anything?
2: Oh yes, I'm also on a film podcast, which has been on hiatus, because my partner's been out making a movie, but uh-huh. uh, filmcast without a uh give us a whirl some time, you'll have some fun, talk about quite a bit of nerdery, and this is the season of nerdery, and Star Trek uh, the film uh um what's it called Star Trek beyond Star Trek beyond mm-hmm. that's right mm-hmm. maybe we should do a crossover event and have you guys on oh. both.
1: we talked about that with uh your partner so. yes. oh well now it's
2: definitely going to happen
0: <laughs> that sounds like fun actually uh I would be there I think Paul would be there we could have a mega discussion so that would be, be a I, lot thought,
1: of fun. I thought the title of the next movie was was star trek mm-hmm. beyond but <laughs> no that that happened with it. uh
0: that happened with the second one where it was star trek into darkness because uh, there was no colon uh yeah mm-hmm oh is there a colon in this one? I don't think there is in this one either they're too cool for colons uh, <laughs> Pat, oh, that's, that's going to be start, Star Trek 3 too cool for colons too cool for colons <laughs> Pat thank you as always it was a lot of fun yeah absolutely uh, so next week we will be talking about let me look at my notes symbiosis so we hope you join okay. us for that uh, until then I'm Jason I'm Paul and uh, watch those invisible death dealing factories that will apparently kill a whole planet If you're not careful. They should play that audio clip again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. Bye. What's the armament on the lollipop? Your mother.